This is the Comedy Kiosk podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're just going to be talking about how to set up a scene and expanding from there, how to get comedy started in your town if you want to get it started, if something is not already pre-established. All right, so now, uh, obviously, Igor, as uh, the founding member of two different comedy organizations over your time, how would you set the scene? Because you started before I did here in Moscow. You're one of the first guys, so you're part of that group. Yeah, I think the real question is when and and why and so on because and we talked about this in the previous episode that we both come from small towns where there was no comedy and yeah. you couldn't just walk up to an open mic and try it and that was a situation in Moscow as well when I started doing comedy it was just because another person like two or three months before that decided like I want to perform but I have nowhere to do it yeah therefore I will make a place to do it. And he launched this comedy organization that uh, aimed at gathering like comics and audience to create an English comedy scene in Moscow. And he was actually the first one, the godfather of English comedy, Ivan Yavits, uh, who started doing this way back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But then, uh, since it was, he was always, and I know this like firsthand because we talked about this many times, he always wanted to perform. That's yeah. why he started the, the scene, so he would have a place to perform, yeah. right? He's a comedian. He wanted to perform. Uh, and then through some changes and so on, this uh, didn't really work out as an organization. But since we had like a permanent venue for comedy, me and another comedian decided to launch an actual comedy organization that yeah. would put on regular shows, weekly shows in different venues that would gather the comics, try to like guide them, teach them, create a schedule for them so everyone gets like a fair amount of stage time and so on. Yeah. And also that this organization could be a platform for us to go out and perform into different cities, into different countries, that we will have like a brand that we represent yeah. and that people would recognize and say, oh, those are the guys that do English comedy in Moscow. I've heard of them. I've seen them. They're good. They fall under this like, you know, brand under this club or whatever bar or wherever we are performing and with this organization we've done around two years of comedy mm -hmm. and then it also became like i think it the the purpose or the the idea outgrew the possibilities right. and it didn't really work out and in the end together with some other people with uh, two other people we decided to start everything from scratch re-establish the scene launch a completely new organization with more kind of with the idea of open community that yeah. everyone can join participate and perform or contribute in any other way but we also wanted to very early establish some goals and ideas of like mission and vision of who we want to be, what we want to do. And I think in the year and a half that we've existed as Still the Show Comedy, as we yeah. call, called ourselves, or Still the Show Comedy Club, as we are now, because we managed to actually open our own venue, we have achieved like international tours, local tours into other yeah. cities and so on. So basically what I'm trying to say is you have to also decide are you, do you want to be a performer 
do you want to come to yeah. an already organized, promoted open micro show where you know there will be people, there will be a functioning microphone, there will be a service and so on? Or do you want to take it a step further and be the one who takes the responsibility and the baggage or workload and so on of yeah. organizing comedy? Because those things yeah. are different. Yeah, I, yeah, I can imagine that they're, they're very, very different. And I think a key thing that you mentioned there was you know, obviously with the first club or organization you tried to, to open it, you had a, you kind of had an idea of what you wanted to achieve, but I don't think there was like maybe a clear vision statement or maybe different people had different visions of what they wanted to do. I think that was an important point you mentioned with Steel Show is that you and the other founding members kind of sat down and said, okay, let's all be on the same page. Let's all aim for the same thing. What are our goals? What are our landmarks? Would you agree with that? Like that's what was the difference in a way that it was clearer with this organization than with previous Yes, ones? definitely. This the with this one we had a yes, clear understanding of each other, clear yeah. like division of responsibilities and so on, and clear idea of what we want to achieve with this organization yeah. and, and now a club. But it also took time for the market to be able to accept this and yeah. for us to be able to do it. So I don't think that first year like we could have done something like this and i think the comedy scene here in moscow because we're talking about english comedy scene and now at the club we have english russian and spanish so now we are doing with spanish yeah. what english was doing five years ago or six years ago even though it's much easier because we have already some basically foundation yeah, for yeah. this that that an like, experience an experience uh, we have experience of organizing foreign language comedy and the market has experience of accepting yeah. like a non-russian speaking stand-up show and so on but yeah i think it took some time like a natural evolution mm -hmm. for, for the market and for the comics as well to, to grow into what we are today and to be ready for this because it all started in a back room of a pub that was pretending to be British. It was called yeah. like a Bristol pub, but it had nothing to do with England or anything. It was just a typical Russian bar, but yeah. it was trying Menu to cash in. only in Russian. <laughs> of course, but it was trying to cash in on this like trending thing that was opening a pub back then like six, yeah. seven years ago. So basically it was like a small... A room they were using as a storage or whatever and they gave it for comedy like one evening one evening a week and then some other venues similar to that and for a very long time english comedy in moscow was a thing that you do randomly in random bars that have nothing yeah. to do with english or comedy and you would have a lot of people who just walk in and don't want to hear it or just sitting and eating their dinner and they're annoyed by you and you get yeah. like kind of heckled and shouted at and even physically threatened and mm. physically hurt which we also had yeah. and so on so it had to go through spe specific stages and, and levels until it became what it is okay so i have a question about that then so let's go back to the beginning you a guys are trying like ivan is trying to set up a scene you and a couple of other guys join in and you're all trying to establish this scene together all right now at this point is very hodgepodge like everyone has probably different ideas of what they want well at this point i'm guessing i'm assuming that you guys are all just like i just want to perform like just let's find a venue let's find someone who's willing to have us and let's just perform but that's there's a difference between a group of friends 
wanting to perform and together. How do you build a scene with more comedians? How do you attract more comedians for starters? So yeah, that would be my main point is how do you attract other comedians or pe- or get convince people to start doing this? Secondly, how do you maintain them? Because a lot of people, as we discussed in previous podcasts, was, you know, they'll just give it a shot. You know, it's a bucket list thing. They'll maybe do it once or twice. How do you start weeding out those that are more serious? Who do you know who to pursue, for example? How do you nurture comedians to keep coming back and also the audience how do you get people to come back because a lot of people would get bored after you know like, ah, i saw english stand up like last week or two weeks in a row i'm not going to come how do you get these people to come back at least on a monthly basis or something like that so that's about three or four questions for you <laughs> thank you well if we talk about comedians we did have like a group of let's say regulars in the very early days like yeah. seven to ten people who were doing it Every time there was a, a show, there was an open mic. And for the first year or year and a half, we only did open mics, like Friday and Saturday evening. And it was a chance for anyone to step up and to try it. And in this like year, year and a half, we had, I don't know, maybe a hundred people who came and, and just tried it. Someone tried it once and disappeared. Yeah. Someone tried it like for a longer time and or even did it like three, four, six months, but then they moved away or something like this. Yeah. And some people started it and are still doing it to this day s- yeah. since then, since six years ago. So basically, I think it's a thing either you find yourself in this and you see some help and support from other people from community and so on. This is what we're trying to do right now with uh, Still the Show. If you show up, uh, show up to some open mics and you're really, really interested in this and you have some potential, you have some talent and so on to kind of foster this and to guide the people in the right direction uh, with some advice with some workshops or maybe with giving them an opportunity to do bigger shows with more people and so on because the idea is to to go through this like funnel right to to filter out people who are just there for for fun you know to get some attention to get some girls number and so on and people who want to do this regularly who are really talented who know how to perform and so on and those people will find a way to to find you and yeah. you will always find a way to attract them back to the shows. So I think it's a really good way to to sort out, you know, who is here just for kicks and who is yeah. here to take it seriously. So when it comes to comics, I think that's, and I, we discussed it in the previous episodes as well, I think the comedians should also at some point understand and make a decision what are they trying to achieve with this? Is it like just laughs mm-hmm. once a month or do they want to do something uh, more and bigger and so on and if they do we are 100% ready to give them an opportunity for this and yeah. we've went we went on different tours abroad we performed in different cities and we offer opportunities of I don't know like some showcases or solo shows at our club and so on mm-hmm. and we can easily organize something if you have ambition and talent and work put yeah. in to, to make this happen as for the audience, how do we get them interested in, and yeah. in not only to show up once? Because English coming in Moscow for a long time was a novelty thing. Yeah, And absolutely. people confused it with uh, things like an English-speaking club. So it's yeah. like I go there, someone speaks English to me and I should speak back. So they thought it's kind of a way to practice or to learn English. Yeah. People who didn't really speak English would show up or didn't really even understand because they thought, oh, it's a free show with some native speakers of English or whatever, some foreigners, or I can meet someone and so yeah. on. You know, like they wanted to be a part of this community, but they weren't really into stand up as a format and so on. For a long time, it struggled until we got the right level of quality of performance the the show mm-hmm. structure and so on and the quality of audience so it just took time and it took effort and it took uh some basically 
it took us time to learn yeah. how to create this system that will then basically cultivate the the comics and the audience into returning and into appreciating this for what it really is not confusing it with some other formats or some other all right how long did that take would you say like before you were just kind of throwing stuff together to you started noticing all right here's some repeat audience all right we've got a good stable of comedians And yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, we're, we're the stallions. So I'm the pony. <laughs> I'm a pansy pony. All right. So, but yeah, how long did do you reckon it took you then? Well, I I can't say that the process is finished. To be honest, because mm-hmm. we still have both people who just want to try and have some fun on stage, which is fine again for open mics and so on. Well, I think you're but always going to have that. No, no, I, I'm not against this, but I'm saying like, I think we have more such people than people who are really dedicated and who are ready to, because at the end of the day, like showing up once a week at a club, meeting some friends or people you like and doing a set is one thing, but actually committing to comedy, going to festivals, going yeah. to other cities to perform, going on tours where you might actually lose money, which like the first two or even two and a half tours I've done across Europe, I've lost money, but I wanted to have this experience, have this like networking and so on. So people are not really ready for that. And that's why I would say even to this day, we have a small pool of comics who are ready to do it, let's say more or less semi-professionally or professionally. And then basically, uh, that's why I'm saying the process is not finished. And I think like we are still forming the market and forming the offer for that market so who can perform what can they do and in which format so we're keep introducing some new formats as well roast battles panel shows some kind of uh, crowd work audience interaction shows uh, storytelling and so on to see what can work what can people like etc for a comic for the comics this is also a new challenge to write new formats to write new sets for this kind of stuff but we are trying to see is the market ready and for some things the market is still not ready. So okay, it's an but I still process. want a number here, Eagle. How, when did you notice, like, from the absolute beginning to, like, all right, we're starting to develop a scene here? When, when did you notice? How long did it take to, to start developing a scene? I think the main change came when we started doing things differently. So I would say with Steal the Show, when we started Steal the Show, we took a serious approach which uh, some people don't understand, not only the comics and so on, because they're like, why are you being so serious about comedy? Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, you know, if you're just a performer who comes here to have some laughs and drinks with your buddies, that's fine, or an audience member. But if you're running it, then you're like, it's an organization or a club, it's a business, and you have to have a serious approach. When we started having a serious approach, when we started structuring everything properly, communicating things properly, when we developed like processes to deal with potential issues, risks and so on, that's when we saw a huge increase in in quality, in interest, in demand for this and so on. And that's when the real change and the step up from what was done before happened. I I have a question for you though, because you were a part of like, you went through this whole evolution. So you showed up in Moscow, I think you started doing maybe 2015. Yeah. And then you were gone for a bit and you came back to a different organization and then you transitioned with us Mm -hmm. to the third one as well. So from a point of view of a comic, how did it all look to you? And do you think that this is something that could have been done faster or easier? Do you now get enough 
like stage time opportunities how does it look for you yeah actually yeah no that's a good point actually um because for me yeah it's a different space. and especially that year that i was gone when i came back yeah it was definitely a change it was like well, what the hell like not in a bad way but it was like well, what happened like and and i know there were some dramas with the original club and everything like that but okay so when i first started For me, yeah, it just felt like a group of guys that had decided we're going to do stand-up. They, they found a, a place, a venue, uh, a regular venue. Like the first time I did, uh, I went, it was at a different location. But by the time I went for the second time, I was like, all right, I want to give this a shot. Like I actually want to perform. The first time I performed here in Moscow, you guys had the, the regular venue at Jim and Jackson. You, you had this like constant place. So you'd found a venue and that was great. Um, but it was still very hodgepodge in the sense of, you know, to sign up, it was just show up, write your name down. You had to find the host. A lot of times the host would be late. Uh, you had to constantly ask who was the host for starters. Then where is the host? Is that the host uh, approach? Hi, you're the host. And then my name is this, right? And then if you happened to just be too late, it was like, sorry, we don't have any more time or only if this person doesn't show up or whatever. And it was a very clicky thing as well, like in the sense of, all right, my, you know, uh, I remember like some people missing out because, oh, sorry, uh, one of the other lads from the original group is coming. So he gets this slot, even though he's going to be half an hour late. And this other person has been there like half an hour before the show has even started or even arrived an hour earlier and still didn't get a spot. You know, it was always this thing of you had to arrive early to try to find the host. And like I said, the host a lot of times was not. So it was a very hodgepodge. It was very chaotic. Um, but on the positive side, it was a very much a case of... It was like a trial by fire. You know, when you got to perform, you you really didn't know what the crowd was going to be like. It was like we were performing right in front of a bar. And so half of the people there were not even interested in stand-up. So it was a real trial by fire. It was like, you know, try to be heard and stuff. So in a way, it kind of had that sort of charm, I, I, I admit. Like, you know, it was like, I'm really roughing it. You know, I'm paying my dues. But then I disappeared uh, for a year when I lived in Madrid. And when I came back, that was, it was weird because what happened was it was in the second incarnation with EMC and actually I got a, an email from, from Dennis all of a sudden who he sent me an email saying, so are you back in Moscow? Question mark. And I said, actually, yeah, I've just moved back. And it's like, so you're staying here? And I said, yes. And he went, right, we have a gig this Friday. And that was it. And the thing is, I had decided before I came back, I, one of the, the things my now wife and I talked about was that I wanted to do stand-up more seriously because before I did it once every three months. And that was fine. You know, I could just pop along, do it, and then I walked away. This time I was like, no, I want to do this regularly. I didn't expect every week regularly, though, to be honest, because I was expecting the old format where it was just come, try your luck, see if you can get on. Now it was this whole, you guys were doing the whole sign up, write your name down, then you selected, or if it was, you really did stick a lot closer to whoever comes. If you're going to be late, too bad, so sad. And it was like, wow, okay. And so there was more organization to it. And yeah, it was one, because of the split, uh, you had less comedians to work with. So I had a lot more opportunities. Plus you guys had a venue that was literally down the street from where I happened to, to be working. It was just perfect for me. So that was great and and all that, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, 
it was much more organized. It was it was set up. And then with this now third incarnation, like you said, everyone's kind of got a clearer idea of what they want to do there. It's all about expanding. It's about building a brand. It's really building on this brand idea. Uh, so I found that now, yeah, the, the system is strict. And I know some people might complain about that and, and be like, why can't I just show up? You know, if someone's on here, it's like, no, because we told them the spot. We sign up. I think it's clearer. It's easier to see if you can or can't. But yeah, so that's that's my image where I saw. I would say you guys actually started kind of making the foundation with the second group, EMC, was when it started becoming organized, was when I started noticing like people coming back, more audience members coming, not less randoms. They were like started. That's when you started to get a core group of some people. Still a bit on off. But with this one, yeah, you've definitely solidified it a lot more that I think most of the times we have like a, a core audience and we also have the comments and goers as per natural sort of thing. I think the main idea and uh, when starting any kind of comedy, especially a foreign language comedy, new place, in new city, town, mm. whatever, I think there is this natural evolution of things and it happened here as well. And I think, as I said, we're not at the final stage yet, but what mm. happened first is the venue was bigger than the comedy yeah so people would come for the venue sometimes knowing there is comedy and sometimes not knowing there is comedy so when you're saying bigger you're not talking literal space-wise you're talking metaphorically it was more popular yeah no it was just to a, make it clear it was the thing that people came for yeah so when we yeah, did, it was an expat bar yeah well not only we did shows in so many different places but it's yeah. kind of the thing is that people would come Let's say 80% of people would come to be in that place yeah. and 20% of people would come to hear the stand-up show. Yeah. And a lot of like issues and conflicts and so on arose from that. And I can yeah. just quickly name a few. We had a show on 8th of March, long time ago, maybe five years ago, where we had a separate 8th room. of March. That's a very specific day. It's been etched into my mind. No. I will never forget the 8th of March, David. Never. I will never forget it. I will never forget it. And <laughs> the reason is, first of all, it was International Women's Day and we had a special show aimed at women. Yeah. That's why I know it was 8th of March. And second of all, because it, it is one of those shows that you will, for, like, you will not forget. Because what happened was we were given it's also quite a popular let's say a place for expats in the center of moscow but we were giving a room or like at least a part yeah. of a room for our show for our i don't know like 20 25 seats and so on and we had like six or seven comics that were chosen for this like it was like a showcase yeah. it wasn't an open mic or something but in the same venue there was another event going on which was a corporate party of one organization of foreigners in moscow i will not name the organization yeah. but it was an organization that brings together people from a specific country so they can like mingle and network and hang out and whatever right. so we were in very separate parts of the venue but the thing is they had one surround system so uh -huh. basically when they turned off the music and when stand-up started it could be heard everywhere right yeah 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 so, even in the toilets i remember even in the toilets so while we were doing our little show some people from that party got annoyed because they wanted to listen to music while they socialize and drink and whatever yeah so a few times they came over and they said when is when does this shit finish i don't want to listen to this bullshit anymore i want some music because i'm blah blah so they came to us to complain we said we were booked for this show by the venue we didn't just show up with our mics yeah. like it's a thing happening and we're sorry that they booked two things at the same time and then put this on like the sound system for everyone but we can't like we'll finish when we finish right and in the end it, it culminated to an actual like physical 
uh, really? fight, yeah, in which wow. like one one guy that approached us already twice, asking us to finish the show, and we said we'll finish when we finish. And we actually had some audience and people who were enjoying it and so on uh, came to threaten one of the comics physically, and then another yeah. one came up just to say like, "Sir, can you relax for like five more minutes and we'll finish?" But as he approached him, uh, this guy took it as a sign of aggression, like he thought he's going to like start something and headbutted him, Whoa. Uh, which sent the comedian, uh, which is kind of uh, he is like of a <laughs> smaller posture yeah. sent him like flying uh-huh. and then like three other people stood up and then people from the management came and said uh, basically okay guys you've overstayed your welcome your show is done please leave oh, so you guys got kicked out yeah so we got kicked out because it was maybe like seven of us and let's say 20 people in the audience but that was a group of let's say 40 people yeah. that like pre-booked this corporate party and they were like paying for drinks or maybe prepaid and so on so uh, such situations yeah. I remember another incident with a very small bar that had seven seats as far as i remember plus like bar stools so very very small place where we did like a few shows and then at one point there was a like a businessman on a business meeting there and we were doing a show and he just went in russian like guys can you like shut the fuck up i'm trying to do business here because yeah. he just came to a venue to have a drink with his business partner not knowing there will be comedy because this is not a comedy club this is not a expert bar or something it's just a bar just a venue why couldn't he just go to a different bar down the street or something well because i think like let's say his meeting or whatever it was yeah. started at eight and our show started at eight thirty. Right. So they ordered some drinks and food and they were not they were not gonna send up and leave now. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes also happened and then the bar would complain to us, you are chasing our customers away. We're like, but you booked us for a show. Like yeah. it's not our fault that they don't speak English, that they don't want to be here and, and so advertise that you're gonna have yeah, a show exactly. so people know. Oh, in exactly. half an hour there's gonna be an English stand up show. Do we wanna hang around or do we wanna go somewhere else for now? Yeah, so that was, and there, it, it also yeah. uh, resulted in the host who was an organizer of that particular show and that man getting into like a very loud argument and then everyone leaving because no one wanted to listen to it and so on. So it was always yeah. like, so because the venue was bigger than the comedy, yeah. right? Uh, right now, the comedy starting, I think, three years ago, maybe, the comedy is bigger than the performers. Mm-hmm. So basically, people know then it was English Moscow comedy. Now we have Steal the Show and so on. Yep. And people know Steal the Show comedy yeah. more than they know particular comedians. Yeah. So they would come for a Steal the Show comedy stand up in English. Yeah. But they would not come for Igor Monday. Yeah. Actually, and I've even noticed like uh, people before, like if I invited them, whatever, they come to see me perform, but they'd be like, yeah, they wouldn't come back again unless I was performing. Like, oh, when do you perform, Dave? Now I've had some people, they still do that, but they also went, oh, I went last Friday just for the hell of it. Like as in they went without seeing me. I mean, it hurts, but you know, it's good for the, it's good for the group. It's good for the group. No, it's great that people yeah. appreciate the brand and the community yeah. and so on. But the end goal is actually to be able to, to promote and place like uh, comedians individually, mm-hmm. right? So that the comic would be bigger than the club. Mm-hmm. So like, and this is, I think, a normal evolution. So basically venue is bigger than comedy because comedy is unknown and something new yeah. and strange and unfamiliar to people. Then comedy is bigger than the comic because yeah. the comic is like a small part of that. But if you help this comic, if you like, you know, develop this comic and so on, I think, and I think that's 
what we did with establishing a circuit and growing with our comedy outside of Moscow because yeah. now we can we have comedians who are good enough strong enough with their 15 20 30 minutes that they can be sent to other cities yeah and people would buy tickets to come and see them yeah. because they see that it's an established experienced uh, local or foreign comic who's been doing stand-up in English for some time and has something to say and will deliver laughs yeah. so I think we are on that like on the edge of making comics yep. uh, worth seeing without the brand backing them, you yeah. know, like providing them uh, this like safety net that people are like, well, it's still the show, so I trust them, it's gonna be funny. Yeah. Yes, of course we do this shows as still the show still, but we put like three specific people on, on the poster and we say, uh, so uh, this weekend in your town that doesn't have regular English comedy, mm -hmm. you will have this guy from Australia, this guy from America and this guy from Russia. So and they're very funny. They've been doing five years. We put a little bio, like what they've yeah. done, where they performed. And people come to see these specific people. Mm -hmm. And you went with us to some of these shows. You went with us to Rizan, to yep. Voronezh, to a stand-up festival in yep. St. Petersburg. And uh, you, you know this as well as I do, that people really enjoyed us. Yeah. as comics not as a club not as an organization yeah. as comics and they really appreciated the the level and the quality and so on yeah and actually i remember the second time we went to Rizan because you know we've done that one i've done that one twice with you guys i think the second time i had someone was like oh i saw you the first time you came and when i saw you now i was like oh i wanted to come see you because i really liked your first time and i was like oh okay thanks and that sort of yeah it's like they they, they trust the brand of the of the group in the say steal the show like they, they trust the brand and then they see the name and they're like, oh, that one I remember from the last time or like, you know, from two shows ago, that person came and, okay, let's, let's go. Because I know this one is good and let's try the other two. And I think it really, I think it's, it's not just focusing on the comedians being bigger than the brand. I think it all comes together. I think eventually it's like people trust the brand. They trust that they bring good comedians. Then they like the comedians. And the same thing the other way. When you bring good comedians, okay, so they've brought this comedian who I like. I now trust the brand. And yep. I will go yep. see it. Even if I don't know any of the comedians, I will trust the brand that they're going to bring me something good. They're going to bring me some quality. Yeah, it's a good like symbiosis of us mm. as like producers, let's say, yeah. or like agents even who like book shows for these comics yeah. and comics being their own like single uh, entities who yeah. also like can be featured on a poster with their name and so on shown. So yeah. it's not just still the show comedy showcase. It's like yeah. still the show presents yeah, but it's like David Munoz, mm -hmm. Igor Monday, and some other person. Yeah, who's not important because this is not their podcast; it's mine and yours, David. All right. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I I think the and a reason that we started doing this actually was it came from a podcast which uh -huh. uh, which which I've done in Vienna with the comedy organizer there, uh, Reggie, who organizes comedy in English, one of few organizers of English comedy in Vienna. He's an American expat who lives in Vienna mm -hmm. and he decided to start organizing English comedy shows. Yeah. And basically we we went there on a tour, me and uh, Gleb Tugushev, comedian who used to be in Moscow, now in Australia, in your place, in your uh, home <laughs> in my country. my backyard, yeah, yeah. My, my backyard. And uh, basically we went and we did this podcast and we talked about how hard it is to do comedy in English in Moscow because the pool of comics is so small yeah. and the pool of audience is so small that even if you come back after three months, you yeah. will see the same comics doing the same jokes. Yeah. Because comedians can commit 100% to this 
So they have some other sources of income or hobbies or life or work or whatever. So they can't really produce like 10 new minutes weekly. Yeah. And they don't even, even, even if they did, they don't have a, a platform to practice it. Because if mm -hmm. you have like one open mic and one showcase that you can do weekly, if you can make it due to other like circumstances and so on, you don't have a chance to really polish and to make this tight 10. Yeah. And the thing was like, and the audience, so they come back after three months, they say, oh, I really enjoyed that stand-up thing in January. Mm -hmm. Now I come back in April and I see the same five guys doing the same five jokes. Yeah. And we were complaining about this and Reggie said, well, why don't you go out of Moscow then? Why don't you go to different cities, like make yourself a circuit, yeah. go out, take those same people with those same jokes to the audience is going to be something completely new and fresh. Yeah. And to the comics, it's going to be a new take on the same joke. Like you will try to work it off different crowds, different yeah. audiences and so on. And we said, yeah, that's not, probably not going to be possible in Russia. It's possible in countries like Germany or Austria or Sweden or whatever, where you yeah. have like, let's say, many cities of similar same size where people would be speaking English and so yeah, on. Yeah. And we didn't really take it seriously until we tried we came back to moscow and said let's contact some comedy organizers and see would they like to have comedy in english in yep. their club or whatever they have we started with resign that was the first one we expanded into in resign there is a comedy organization so they don't have a club they yeah. do different venues but it's an organization in Maronish, it's an English-speaking club, but the leader and the host of this club is very enthusiastic about stand-up. He loves yeah. doing stand-up himself, so he invited us there, and he organizes it all for us. So it's English friends. Uh, then, then we also started doing it regularly in St. Petersburg with uh, what was first Hophead Stand-Up Club. Now it's Stage Stand-Up Club. Recently, a few months ago, guys went to Kazan to the stand-up club that they have there and uh, did the first thing we showed there, which went really great and we hope to come back. So now there is a possibility to do English stand-up in five Russian cities. Yeah. Not So in Moscow, it's a weekly thing. In those other cities, it's, let's say, a... Special monthly event. thing, yeah, or a special event. But there is a possibility for people to come and to try their jokes in front of a new crowd, in front yeah. of a crowd of different people, maybe different understanding of... Because you can't do joke about Moscow Metro. Yeah. And yeah. you have to, you know, and... Oh, you can, but you're definitely going to be aware that, one, they're not... I mean, you're going to have to explain things a lot more or whatever, and you can't do the whole set on it. Yeah, you have <laughs> to. You have to... You have to really find the the, the edge yeah. like on, on how how to tell this joke without it being something no one can relate to yeah and then also the like last year in february we went on a first commercially successful comedy tour mm -hmm. with like three featured comedians and basically did like northern europe scandinavia and germany and so on uh, which was also very well received so it means that what we do here yeah has potential to work internationally but maybe globally but coming back to this so as i said we've we're now doing more or less regularly five cities in russia so it's moscow as our like base with regular weekly shows at our club and then we do saint petersburg resign Voronezh, and we started doing kazan we had one show but we really hope for more but in addition to this, there was an English show in another Russian city, mm. which was a one-off, which you organized for yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did that happen? And what's and as as, as I as I know, it was you went on a Trans-Siberian railway uh, yeah. trip, yeah. right? And you tried on your stops. 
yeah. you tried to do comedy in some cities. Yeah, well, okay. So I it was a little bit last minute, but figured why not? I would, what I did was, so we have Facebook. Uh, everyone knows what Facebook is. But in Russia, for those, anyone listening outside of Russia, there's the Russian version, which is called VK. And VK is, yeah, it's Russian Facebook. And now the thing is, I kind of, I wasn't optimistic, but I looked up stand-up comedy in each of those cities on both Facebook and VK for each city I went to. So I looked in. So you had, sorry, you, you, were, you were traveling on trans. I, I, I haven't yeah. been and I'm not sure how it. So basically you stop in each city for a day. Uh, well, I stopped for two or three days. We, we we chose our cities where we wanted to stop and we stopped for two or three days, depending on us. Because these days you don't buy one ticket for all of Trans-Siberian. You have to buy each segment as you want. Ah, so you don't yeah. go in the same train. No, it's just no. like train passes through each of these cities every day and you hop yeah. on a different yeah. train. I mean, like it's the same route, but physically yeah. a different train. Yeah. I thought it was like one yeah. train that like stops, makes a break, you go, you sightsee, then you go back. On yeah, no, 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 oh, that, no. That's why we were able to do 23 days, like the whole trip sort of thing. So the first stop was Yekaterinburg, then it was Krasnoyarsk, then it was Irkutsk, then it was Ulan-Ude, then it was Chita, Khabarovsk, and Vladivostok, I believe. I don't think I've missed one. Anyway, but the point is we stopped at each of these places for at least two days. Some three, so two nights. And what I did was I checked in each of these cities to see if they had a stand-up scene on uh, Instagram, VK, and Facebook. Then I wrote messages to all. Well, I checked, and yeah, the vast majority of them all in Russian. If they had a comedy scene, if they had a stand-up scene, it was in Russian. So I got my then-girlfriend, now-wife, to basically translate a script that I'd written, basically, hi, I'm David, I do stand-up in Moscow, I'm from Australia, I'd like to try to do an English stand-up. Would you like to do a special event? Now, I was hoping that they would see this and they would be like, oh, hell yeah, like this is going to be an opportunity. We get to have an English comedian. We can promote it. Anyone who knows English will be able to come. I got a response from three of them in return. So out of the, hang on, let me check. Yekaterinburg, Krasnoyarsk, Irkutsk, out of seven cities, only three bothered to respond. One of them basically responded with, Oh, sorry. No, English is not going to work here. Trust me. Like you're wasting mm-hmm. your time. You're wasting our time. I, I think they even said we we tried it once before, and it didn't. Nothing happened. Like it didn't happen. And I was just like, well, this is going to be a special occasion. An Australian. I mean, not to to you know say it's a big thing, but yeah, it is. Like someone all the way from Australia is coming to do stand up. You would. Depending on how you word it. Like you're say, coming all the way from Australia. But they don't know that. No. <laughs> Shut up, Eagle. You're I'm, ruining the pitch. I'm, I'm flying in. I'm flying in from Brisbane this weekend yeah. to Krasnoyarsk just yeah. to do a show for you guys. Exactly. And you don't want me? Yeah. How, how dare, dare you? you? Yes. So one was like, hell no. Now, the then the second response I got was from Irkutsk. And it was a surprising one where they said, hell yes. And I was like, Really? Really? Okutsk? It's smaller than the others, really. You know, it's next to Lake Baikal, but, you know, it's not that big a city. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Yes, yes. So over emails, like during the trip, back and forth, communicating with them. We set up the, the day, uh, the time. Uh, they set up a venue for me. And it's a Russian stand-up club. They had never done English before. And they told me, you will be the first one to perform in English. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. So they were promoting me as the first time ever 
English stand-up here in Irkutsk in Siberia. For those of you who don't know where Irkutsk is, it's next to Lake Baikal, the deepest lake in the world, freshwater lake, and in Siberia. So it was like first time in Siberia, an English performer all the way from Australia. See, they knew how to pitch it. They knew how to pitch that angle. So the other one I got was from Vladivostok, and that one annoyed the hell out of me. One, they didn't respond until almost I was there at Vladivostok, so almost like 20 days later. I'm like, Jesus. And they were like, well, we might have something on Saturday or not. You can come and, and try the open mic. And I'm like, okay, but I am performing in English. You need to promote that it's gonna be in English so people are aware. Plus, they could be get, well, yeah, you can just come perform at the open mic. Okay, will anyone know English? Do you know if anyone in the audience generally knows English? Maybe some. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, just, you know, What's organize yourself. Like, what is the point? And at the end, um, I was like, well, there's no point. I'm going to show up there. What if not a single person knows English? I mean, really, they could promote the hell out of me. They could use me to bring people in to buy drinks, buy tickets, whatever. And I even sent, like, videos of me performing. Uh, I think one of them was from Razan and stuff like that. Like, you know, I get laughs. Like, you know, I'm pretty much going to get you. You get people are going to be happy at the end of it. And, and after I performed in Irkutsk, and Irkutsk went phenomenally well. They packed out the bar completely. I, I, they had people sitting on the windowsills. That's how many people came. The whole bar was completely because oh, they were packed. ready to run. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but the thing was, yeah, people were like squished up, everything. No one walked out. The whole place was packed. I went for 45 minutes, did like a 45-minute set. And by the end, everyone was coming up going how great it was. And they were like, when are you coming back next? When are you coming back next? Uh, where, where do you perform in Moscow? Because I mentioned I performed with, with Steel Show. I think at that point, Steel Show was a step. So I mentioned the name. They're like, oh, if we come to Moscow, we'll, we'll come see that. I uh, don't know if any ever have. But anyway, and the other comedians I met, they were like, I was telling them, like, you know, if you come to Moscow, contact us. Like, come, like, perform with us. You know, you've let me perform with you, you know, back and forth. So I told even Vladivostok, like, I've just gotten this sold out gig that I organized myself in Okutsk with this group, you know, this this group from Okutsk. Trust me, it's gonna work. Yeah. Well, just come to the open mic, put your name down. If we have it on that Saturday when you're in. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. So I end up, oh, and the thing is, uh, when also when they responded, I didn't get a response for them until that day. And no, no, sorry. I responded to them the day before the Saturday on the Friday. And I said, okay, I'm coming. Because at that point, my wife was like, just do it. You yeah, can then not? say you've performed in vote. Who cares if no one can, can, doesn't understand you? It's not your fault. Yeah. Just go for it and suck up those 10 minutes. He was like, teach them a lesson. Like, take the, even if they start booing you, smile and keep going. And I'm like, oh, I love your attitude, babe. So <laughs> that was the plan. I messaged them. No response until the Sunday. Gig's cancelled. Gig was yesterday. What? Yeah, they had cancelled because I, I had checked the thing and they didn't have a gig that day. But it was, they, they, they told so- me the next day that the gig for the day before is cancelled in present tense. Once, once, what? A foreigner, a native speaking, native English speaking foreigner said, okay, I'm coming for your open mic anyways. I think they were so afraid they fucking straight up cancelled it. They're like, yeah. okay, we're not having it. We'll have it when the foreigner leaves. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But I think that's the, that's the funda- fundamental difference between organizers who see some, you know, like potential yeah. to understand opportunity, yeah. understand even business, I would say, because if you can get a comic to pack your Absolutely. club or bar, sell tickets and drinks and so yeah. on, and people who don't, and maybe I'm not blaming any of these organizers because 
if you are in early stages of setting up yourself uh, as an organization and you want to have feature maybe some famous Russian comics or something like this, mm-hmm. or just local, like three friends you know that want to do it, you won't take this responsibility or burden yeah. to end up like in the end, maybe even at a financial loss or just like to but lose space. But they were space. doing it at a bar. I mean, it was... Yeah, but like if, Aku- okay. The Akuts guys are visionaries. Let's just put that out. The guys from Akuts yeah, stand up comedy are visionaries. You have to have such people that are ready to like just gamble yeah. and go with it. But, but it wasn't really a gamble. It was just like oh, it wasn't a gamble when it succeeded. But what if it didn't? I mean, like you always have yeah. the. But but I've I've organized several tours for for myself and for other people in Europe, and you get the same. You get like some in some cities where it's not that obvious that there is English comedy. What I did was I went on like Google or Facebook. I checked like English comedy in, I don't know, Bratislava. I find like four years ago, there was a comedy show in some bar. I text this bar like, hey, do you guys still exist? Yes. Do you still do comedy? (laughs) No, that was like three years ago. It was like someone brought some people. Who was it? This is the contact of a guy. I asked that guy. He's like, no, I'm completely out of it. I moved back to my country like two years ago. I went back to chili or whatever yeah. but you can t- and you know you kind of find the right people that are still doing yeah. something uh but if they want because if they don't want i remember like in munich i guess or somewhere they have a comedy club that does both german and english shows but they do it like at the same time so there is mm. a show that is bilingual so some people do english some people do german yeah and i texted them like hey guys we're like the group of traveling comedians would you like to have us for a show no <laughs> we only feature our residents we don't like we don't book acts that uh, reach out to us like if we uh-huh. if we want to book someone we'll like bo- we'll like we'll book them <laughs> but we don't get people in we don't know or from other countries and so on our residents need their stage time and i was like fair enough germans but- for germany for germans on this anko get lost <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but then again, like in other German cities, I know that uh, some people traveled and did tours and I've done Berlin several yeah, times. Yeah, so. yeah. So I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, what kind of an organist? No, we only take the locals. We, we, we got some foreign talent. And who knows? That might even be better than just your locals. Like, Yeah. So, no. But I mean, that's the thing. Maybe they don't actually want to create competition for their locals. Or maybe they're afraid that people will come, be funnier, and then no one wants to see their locals again. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to trash dog this organization. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's genuinely like they have one show a month. They want local people mm. to have a, their 10 minutes and not yeah. some randos traveling from God knows where. Yeah. But in other places, like I remember one tour I was organizing very late. I mean, like we decided to go in October and I was still organizing some shows in September, like mid-September. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Poland, in, in, in uh, Wroclaw, where we did a sh- like a show previously with an organizer, uh, Jim, an American guy, a great guy that lives there. So he said like, sorry guys, for those days that you can be here, mm-hmm. I already have two shows. Like on Monday, it's an open mic that we do like for two week- two years already regularly. So mm-hmm. I can't like more cancel that and then on like friday or saturday i have a headliner coming and i sold tickets for that and so on mm-hmm. but since you're coming you're passing through anyways what i can do is on the open mic one of you it was two of us coming one of you can host one of you can headline yeah. and all the donations that we get because we get like the bucket and so on i can give to you because you are coming from abroad from outside and you could use some like pocket money some cash and so on so you can have more like one can host and do jokes in between one can headline do their like 10 15 and we can still like pay you something from the bucket and so on so if you want to you know help a comedian like support the the idea the the concept and so on you will find a way that's why i think like maybe those places were just not ready for an unknown comic in english coming from afar and maybe the 
they don't even have like regular events, only yeah, open mics, possibly, and it was yeah. like a big, big risk for them. Or maybe they're just not open-minded and like brave enough yeah. to go for it. But I'm super glad that they're places and cities even like in the middle of siberia which yeah. i think some of our listeners i don't know where people uh, might tune in from but wouldn't imagine that in the heart of siberia an australian yeah. man can come and do 40 minutes of comedy in english yeah. but 45, it has 45, 45 sorry but <laughs> it has happened people yes and um, yeah and that's why we always and invite right yeah, and it, and it went to great. That didn't just happen, yeah. it, it killed. Yeah. So uh, that's why when we invite people to perform in Moscow as well, we always open, we're open for this opportunity to take them to other cities maybe and so on yeah. and to show them more than, than one place to perform. So I think we have shared both about our local scene and yeah. our local circuit and a little bit about traveling abroad and doing tours and so on. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for sharing your experience with booking a show in the middle of nowhere i think <laughs> it might be useful for for someone else and i think they might yeah. actually find it find some valuable information there they can apply when they're because i think if you want to do comedy anywhere mm. you go try to do comedy why not yeah uh, the only thing i would say is you know the lesson i learned was start sooner like as in don't leave for like two weeks before try it like a month or two before and really sell yourself like really sell the whole experience sort of idea and i think maybe that's what i did better with a course or the way they read it was better but yeah and also for you the listener if you have a similar experience or if you think it's the same where you are if you're developing a scene or you've tried to set up your own stuff what things were similar to what things that we said or what things could be possibly different because maybe in different countries it's slightly different how it works maybe some people are a bit more open or more closed or or maybe it's more like like you were saying it's about getting those contacts and maybe for them it's like no it's more about who you know like if you don't know the person from this town you no way like you need to to make those contacts and find out their names and things like that yeah yeah well definitely share your experience opinions maybe questions yeah the, any questions comments, or you can contact us because i do believe that something the, the thing we're doing here is something that is quite both unusual and usual i think many organizers yeah. try to launch an english comedy scene or a foreign language comedy scene in their own city or country or even starting a scene in a small town where you're not sure how it's going to work which like bars venues can you work with which audience can you bring we have gone through all of that and we do have some insights so maybe we can give some uh, yep. specific advice and and help that's all for today thank you guys for listening my name's Igor monday and i'm david munoz and we will you will hear us yeah. on the next episode of the comedy kiosk okay goodbye goodbye <laughs>